Alright folks, here I am a week after my my last weekly five podcast and you're probably wondering why the heck is this guy doing two weekly five podcasts in two consecutive weeks? And the answer is because I went one and four last week and that was definitely a gut punch to the juice I had in the first three weeks and the outlook I had on the weekly five going into my week four slate. So I thought it was necessary to record another podcast here for the week five, weekly five, to not only give you my five picks for week five, if you'll still take them, but to explain kind of what went wrong last week. And I'm not going to make excuses. Um, It wasn't a good batch of picks I gave out. I'll be the first one to admit that. But uh, there are a couple that stood out a little bit more than others. And I'm going to just go ahead and start with the Friday night game, Utah at USC. This is one of the games that I don't regret picking. I don't necessarily – obviously I was on the wrong side, but I don't necessarily think that um, I was, you know, uh, wrong in my pick of Utah. I think Utah – basically controlled the game in every aspect except for the ones that really count, which is putting points on the board. Um, they couldn't convert in the red zone, and you got to tip your cap to the third-string quarterback, Matt Fink, for USC for putting up the performance he did uh, at home. So that's one that I, you know, obviously hurt a little bit to start the week that way, but I can live with losses like that where – you know, you you aren't fully just wrong. Um, Utah played a good game. They just really couldn't convert. Their star player got injured. So it is what it is. But I'll follow that up with another one that I just lost, um, and that's Texas A&M hosting Auburn. I thought the home field advantage and the, the real desperation on Texas A&M's part for a crucial win like this to kind of elevate their program uh, – to that next level with, for the first time, kind of, with Jimbo Fisher as the coach. And Auburn controlled this game from the start. I knew I was on the wrong side uh, by the mid-third quarter. I knew that Texas A&M wasn't really going to get back into it. And, he got, again, got to tip your cap to Auburn. Hard-fought game, but uh, they, they just outplayed Texas A&M in nearly every facet. Um, moving forward, I'm going to say the two picks that I just regret giving out straight straightforwardly, and that's – Northwestern plus nine and a half uh, hosting Michigan State and South Carolina plus nine and a half on the road uh, at Missouri. Um, These are just two teams that aren't good. I thought that they were better than they are. I didn't necessarily think either team was really that good. Um, I think that my outlook going into the game was, you know, these are two going to be bowl eligible teams that are playing conference games and that are pretty desperate for, if not a win, at least a game that they can kind of hang their hat on where it's a conference game um, and it means a lot and, you know, you got to play hard. So I just thought that the 9.5 was a little too much for either of these games. I'll start with Northwestern. I mean, offensively, this team is pretty inept. Um, Historically, they're a team that plays almost every team hard, whether it be a team that's a lot better than them or a team that may be a lot worse than them. Uh, see stuff like uh, big wins against Stanford a few weird years ago and then something like last year where you lose to a team like Akron. Northwestern is kind of all over the place. 
Um, but I just kind of relied on the fact that Pat Fitzgerald would have these guys ready to play at home in their uh, in their conference opener, and. Michigan State really just gave it to them. Northwestern did not look good, and there's a reason why the line for this Northwestern-Wisconsin game this weekend is at, you know, is at where it's at, and that's because Northwestern is not a very good football team. This is one of the worst football programs I think Northwestern has had in, in, in recent history. So that was, that was my first real miss. And then uh, South Carolina versus Missouri. This South Carolina team is also another team that is 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 not very good. Um, thought that Missouri was a little bit overhyped after tearing off three wins in a row um, after losing their season opener to the University of Wyoming. Not a huge Kelly Bryant fan, so I thought if South Carolina didn't win the game, they would at the very least keep it close. And South Carolina threw, I think they threw. Two pick sixes. I didn't watch the game fully. I know they threw one when they were in the red zone, which is about as big of a swing as you can get right there about to score, and then you just throw a pick six and give up seven the other way. So that was brutal, and I can nearly guarantee you that I won't be betting on uh, the Northwestern Wildcats or the South Carolina Gamecocks as far as this season goes on. So now that I got that out of the way, uh, got to admit that one in four Week was very humbling, uh, brought my record right back down to a very kind of pedestrian level. Um, and I'm looking forward to week five. So without further ado, let's, let's get this thing rolling, and hopefully I can get back on track and not only get three this week, but get four or five. I owe you guys a four or five win week. And, you know, I obviously have confidence every week that I can perform but uh, I think this week particularly stands out, and I'm kind of just going with my gut. I like to bet on a lot of the same teams that I have faith in um, if, I, if I see an abnormality, in my opinion, in the line. So I'm giving you guys my five picks uh, right now. Let's get into it. Week five, weekly five, presented by the Back Judge Podcast. Um, Starting off, we're, we're sticking. I like giving you guys Friday games. Um, I enjoy watching the Friday games. I think they're fun, obviously, when it's a high-level game uh, like we had last week with USC and Utah before Saturday. It's a nice little uh, little gift that uh, the NCAA gives you before that, that big weekend slate. So we got, a, we got a pretty good conference one here with the Penn State and Indy Lions traveling to Maryland to play the Terps. Um, uh, Maryland getting seven, as far as I could tell, moved down to six and a half, but uh, I got it at seven. I like Maryland a lot at home with seven points. Um, I'm not super confident that Maryland will win. Um, I would pick them in a pick them, but I think the fact that you're getting seven points at home uh, with the past two weeks being the first one, a loss at Temple, that was very disappointing coming off the way Maryland started their year, and then a bye week. Um, and then Penn State really struggling against Pitt a couple weeks ago. So this one is poised to be a very good matchup, very entertaining. There should be some fireworks, kind of an under, underrated Big Ten rivalry here. Um, so I just like the, the home team getting points here. I think Maryland is kind of going to get back offensively to the pace they were at um, before the Temple game. And they, got, they obviously had a – Temple showed them they had a lot to fix, and I think they have uh, – 
or you know they're going to fix some of those things in this game against Penn State. So I like Maryland in the seven. I sprinkled a little bit Maryland on the money line. Um, so that kind of shows you I like the Terps a lot this week. Playing Penn State, I kind of have been fading the Nittany Lions a little bit this year, um, more than your average person. I'm not a huge fan of the of the group they have this year. Don't have a lot of confidence in them. So I think this could be the first. Um, of a few disappointing losses this this year for Penn State against a somewhat underrated Maryland team uh, after that loss to Temple. The second game I'm giving out is, this is a classic, and I'm sure some of you will be ecstatic to hear this and some of you will sigh in, uh, in a little disappointment. BYU, two-and-a-half-point favorite, going to Toledo to play the Rockets. A lot of the sharps out there, I hear them. You know, Toledo's a home dog. They play a lot of teams tough. BYU has had just about the hardest first four games that you can ask for. Um, you know, they schedule it that way for a reason. So uh, I just, I'm tired of the slander on BYU, man. Two and a half isn't enough. And I will eat my, I will gladly eat my words if the Toledo Rockets beat BYU this weekend. But I think Tennessee is better than Toledo. I obviously think USC is better than Toledo. And those are two teams that the Cougs beat. So I think BYU and Kalani Sataki, one of my favorite coaches in college football, are going to travel nearly across the country and uh, give it to the Toledo Rockets and, and deliver a, uh, a double-digit win. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. I have them winning by 10. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they won by a touchdown. Toledo is one of the better teams in the MAC uh, at home. Not, a, not, not the easiest place to play. That place may be rocking. Um, getting an opponent like BYU in. But I like, I, I, I'm going to stand by BYU in this spot. I do think they have a lot of talent on their roster. I do think their defense can get after it. And I, I just don't think Toledo has the firepower to, to keep up with this BYU team on offense. So I'm going with the Cougs minus two and a half. Um, I think that's a disrespectful line on BYU. Third game, I'll, I'll admit that this is the game I'm the least confident in, and I'm just taking the team who's getting points. But it's also a game that I'm extremely excited for, and that's Kansas State traveling to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. Kansas State is a four-point underdog. Um, really like what Chris Kleeman's done uh, with Kansas State as the head coach. think that they're a very well-coached team and that uh, they're really going to bring it in this in this Big 12 clash. Uh in Stillwater, you know that place. Talk about a place that's going to be rocking. Stillwater is definitely going to be rocking. Oklahoma State very nearly made me a, a 0 for 5 last week. Luckily, tech, Texas could cover that 5, but wasn't necessarily a walk in the park. So don't want to undervalue Oklahoma State at all. Uh, like I like I said to start this this uh, excerpt of the podcast, not necessarily extremely confident that Kansas State. <laughs> is going to win this game. I could see Oklahoma State, you know, the game being tied or something and Oklahoma State driving down the field and scoring um, and winning by seven. But I do like the Wildcats getting four points. I think this is a spot where um, probably Kansas State's, you know, 
Actually, no, they played Mississippi State, so that's a that's a fairly significant test. But going to Stillwater in, in conference, definitely a pretty big test. So interested to see how the Wildcats will respond to that. But I am leaning Kansas State and leaning enough so with as with how much I say, you know, I, I'm not confident in it. I'm confident in it enough to put it in my weekly five. I think it's a winner. So K-State plus the four. Um, have an interesting little prediction that maybe this game is won on a, on a two-point conversion or something of that nature. Uh, close game in the fourth quarter. So getting, the, getting those four points is pretty big. Moving forward, uh, the fourth of, of, of the five games in my weekly five is college game day game. Uh, Ohio State traveling to Nebraska to play the Cornhuskers. Kind of a disappointing Cornhuskers group this year. Um, I just think that there's... There's 17 and a half is too many points. Um, I I know Ohio State has been, has looked arguably like the best team in the country this year, but I think going into Lincoln uh, and playing a Nebraska team that has kind of been brought down to earth this year with the way they've played, really disappointing week one uh, against South Alabama, played awful. Then they lose to Colorado in a game where they were leading nearly the whole game. Definitely should have won. Um, I just think this is really a spot where Nebraska and Scott Frost can kind of instill a little bit more faith in their fan base by getting a few stops early and maybe this being a close game at halftime. And I do believe if this is a close game at halftime, that 17 and a half will be plenty for the Cornhuskers, even if Ohio State pulls away in the second half. I think that uh, Nebraska can keep it within 17. So I like the Huskers getting the points at home, game day. Environment's going to be crazy. Um, could definitely be regretting this if, if Ohio State, you know, starts off the game 14 nothing, which they very well could. But I've got faith in the Huskers to, to you know, like I said, instill a little bit more confidence in their fan base um, and maybe in their team and in, in themselves by, uh, by keeping this one close with Ohio State. So I like them with the 17 and a half. Um, and then the last game, going right back to the well with the Utah Utes, uh, five-point favorite at home versus Washington State. We saw that, uh, if you didn't, you should watch the highlights of that Washington State-UCLA game last week, one of the biggest comebacks in college football history. Uh, I think UCLA was down by 31, something of that nature. Came back, won the game 67-63. So that kind of goes to show um, where the Washington State Cougars defense is at. And uh, Utah coming off a really disappointing loss to USC. I do understand Zach Moss, arguably their best player, is injured. But I still believe this Utes team is kind of going to shred Washington State. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Cougs in terms of coming off a really disappointing loss. But I ultimately have a lot more faith in this Utah team. And I was kind of surprised that this line was the way it was um, at, at five when I checked yesterday. I, I would set this line at something like eight or nine. I think that Utah is a much better team. And that USC loss, although it was, it was gut-wrenching, I, I think that Kyle Whittingham is going to have those guys ready for another conference game next week where they can kind of get it right at home. So I like the Utes a lot in that spot. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with me. I'm at 52% right now after my lackluster week last last week, and let's hope I never have to experience, and you guys never have to experience that again, because going one and four, there's nothing like losing four of the five games you predicted. That, that will definitely make you rethink kind of the way 
you're doing things. But I have confidence in these teams. I'm, I'm giving out now. So, uh, like I like to say, uh, chase me or fade me, whatever you want to do, um, however sharp you think you are. If you're listening to this and laughing at my plays, then go ahead and fade me, stud. We'll see. We'll see who comes out victorious on uh, Sunday, Sunday morning or Saturday night. So thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Looking forward to seeing you guys in two weeks. Um, and, yeah, 